Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. It's hump day midway through the week, so that's the good news, I guess. This week is half done. How did you do with Halloween? Did you have a lot of little trick-or-treaters stop by the night residence, huh? Well, let me see. I went and bought candy yesterday to make sure I had enough candy. Yeah. And, um, except I only gave one piece away, and that was to me. (laughs) (laughs) So you did okay for Halloween. (laughs) You got a lot left over. Yeah, I bagged three bags of candy. Oh, man. I don't need three bags of candy, you know? I I don't keep it around the house for a reason. You know what it was, Bill? It was exceptionally cold around here last night. Uh, It felt like winter. You know, I I thought about it, though. There were a lot of events going on yesterday. There's a lot of safe Halloween places to go. Um, And I don't think, you know, ever since, you know, things were kind of weird, getting weird before, but you still saw a lot of kids. But post-pandemic... People aren't going out doing things. Yeah, you know, also, Bill, I'm I'm a little concerned with the uh, illegals and the potential terrorism in our country. And they are they don't care about who they attack. Obviously, we saw we saw what happened on on October 7th in uh, in Israel, where they came in and they they killed babies and old people and women. I mean, they were just uh, ruthless and they didn't care who they killed. So well, I, I, I don't think they would discriminate in this country either. And by the way, yesterday, Ray, Christopher Ray and mm-hmm. Alejandro Mayorkas testified in front of the Senate. Uh, and right. they continued their treasonous lying. And I'm, I mean, that's how, the only way you can, you can put it. I mean, uh, when I looked at Christopher Ray, he's the head of... Of the FBI folks, he's Christopher Ray, and and I saw this movie the day before yesterday called Police State, and it gives you an idea of what the FBI has been doing over the last few years. They've been targeting uh, MAGA people. They've been targeting traditional Catholics. I, you know, I'm Catholic. You know, I, I I'm not. You know, I guess they they kind of made it sound like it was the ones who believe in. The Latin Mass, you know, the Latin Mass was around in Catholicism for centuries, and then in 1963, with Vatican II, they they thought they would uh, bring it into the 20th century, and they made it English, the Latin, uh, the Mass rather, and but they never said they never said to Catholics, well, you just cannot participate in Latin Mass. Masses, they just went towards the English Mass, and the Latin Mass sort of faded away. But there are some people and some priests who still perform Latin Masses, but that's considered subversive now with this FBI. If you Mm -hmm. participate in the Latin Mass for some reason, maybe it's because they don't know what's being said. But don't feel alone because a lot of Catholics would sit in the pews and they didn't know what was being said in the Latin Mass, but they just did it. It was tradition. But anyway, the the FBI is going after people who are into the Latin mass. They're going after after Americans, folks. They're targeting people like uh, you and I when they should be targeting these criminals that are coming across the border. Do you know how many people, Bill, they admitted yesterday are coming across the border every month now? You know, the number changes every day. All I know, go ahead. I got the figure for you, Bill. What are you going to tell me? 600,000. A day? A month. 
A month, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, that makes sense. Now, a judge granted a um, a temporary restraining order down in Texas against the Biden administration. Uh, yeah, I saw that about because, the... Because, uh, uh, you know, they, they, they've been cutting holes in the... In the Razor fence, yeah. You know, to let illegals in our secure border, and they've been cutting holes in it. And it's because Texas owns that wire, and the federal yeah. government has no right to do that. But you know what's going to happen is that somewhere in the bureaucracy, and I and I I say this wholeheartedly, they're going to go, yeah, give it to Bob over there because Bob is he's uh, one of our people. He's sympathetic here. to us, yeah, yeah, and he'll turn it over and. You know, I was telling you about the 2025 project. We don't need to go into all that. But basically, it is a movement to dismantle the what we call the dark state or the bureaucracy. Yeah, it's of the a government. wish list on the part of the right. Am I right? You were talking about people who are. 2.5 million people work in the bureaucracy of the federal government. They are appointed. They are not, they are not voted for. So they have permanent jobs. They vote for fund the the left they are blue appointees they are blue workers and they are permanent they march locked permanent <laughs> yeah well you know what you gets know, you know what gets me bill those are the those pointing cockroaches those are the people who laugh when we have a new administration come in because they <laughs> were here we're going to undermine this guy yeah they were here in the previous For administration one. they're here during this administration and in their mind they'll be here in the next administration and they will continue to manipulate the government the way they want to manipulate the government. You know, there'll be edicts and laws and rules passed down by the new administrations. But, you know, here's how they do it. Uh, if they don't like something that has been passed or uh, some edict that's come on from down on high, what they do is they slow walk everything. Oh, yeah, you, you, you want us to do that? Fine. Well, we'll drag our feet. You know, we won't implement it with the, at the speed that you'd like it to be implemented. I mean, they they have ways, and they're smart people, to manipulate everything in Washington. That's why they call it, by the way, the swamp. It's the swamp. You know, when you ever walk in a, a swamp when you were a kid, or when even as an adult, maybe you're out hunting or something. You go walking in in marshland in the swamp, and what happens? Well, it. As you get deeper into the swamp and it gets more wet, you you sink more. You get you get bogged down. You're not walking with the freedom you walked with when you were on dry soil. That's Washington. And by the mm -hmm. way, I don't know whether you're aware of this or not, but physically, the real Washington D.C. was built on a swamp. swamp. Yeah. Yeah, they had a lot of problems, and they still do, you know, because uh, a swamp is a swamp is a swamp. I don't know how you get rid of it because well, the ground beneath, the, the soil beneath is still, well, you don't know it's lurking down there, I guess, Democrat appointees. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Josh Hawley was talking with, uh, uh, this guy drives me nuts, Alejandro Mayorkas. And, oh, and yeah. I watched, by the way, and I, I'm glad you did other things with your life because uh, I just got angrier and angrier when I watched this guy testify, Mayorkas. He has an arrogance about him which is just just detestable. He's, he, he's just, it, the whole proceeding seemed to be below this man, yet he has no problem just completely abandoning our border. You know, if you'll remember, folks, 
Mayorkas is the guy who said this. The border is not open, it has not been open, and it will not be open subsequent to May 11th. Now think about that for a second. He had no problem saying to the camera and to the Senate months ago, that was like six, eight months ago, that cut, uh, the border's not open. It will not be open. It hasn't been open, and it's not open now. Well, yesterday, Mm -hmm. by the way, yesterday, at least he said to the Senate, well, we have a broken immigration system. Well, you know, it's broken, Alejandro, because you have helped to screw it up. Anyway, he was talking with Josh Hawley, and here's a part of it. What about people who say things like, on October the 7th, F Israel, I'm cleaning up the language here, F Israel, the government and its military, are you ready for your downfall? People who say things like F Israel and any Jew who supports Israel. May your conscience haunt your dreams until your last breath. Palestine will be free one day. F apartheid Israel and is any Israeli. What, this is pretty extreme rhetoric, don't you think? Senator, um, I do, and I think there is a distinction between espousing or endorsing terrorist ideology and uh, speech uh, that is uh, odious, that does not rise to that um, level. Fair enough. This person works for you. (laughs) Did he walk into that or what? Uh, This person works for you. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, it, it went on. It didn't end there. Listen. An employee of the Department of Homeland Security who posted these comments on October the 7th. That's not all she posted. She also posted this graphic. Now, this is a fake graphic, I want to be clear, but I think we understand it. This is a paraglider, a Hamas paraglider, depicted here with a machine gun flying into Israel. She posted it under her online alias with the celebratory Free Palestine. Mr. Secretary, what, what's going on here? Is this, is this typical of, of people who work at DHS? This is an asylum and immigration officer who is posting these, frankly, pro-genocidal slogans and images on the day that Israelis are being slaughtered in their beds. What have you done about this? Four things I'd like to say to you. Number one, your question to suggest that that is emblematic of the men and women of the Department of Homeland Security is despicable. I'm sorry, what have you done? This person works for the Department of Homeland Security. Have you fired her? That was one of four answers. Have you fired her? One. Have you fired her? Don't come to this hearing room when Israel has been invaded and Jewish students are barricaded in libraries in this country and cannot be escorted out because they are threatened for their lives. You have employees who are celebrating genocide and you are saying it's despicable for me to ask the question? Wow. And that's just a little bit of what happened Mm -hmm. yesterday in the Senate hearings with Mayorkas and uh, Christopher Ray, But you were going to say something. I could, t- I could tell I was watching you as you were listening to that. Well, no, I, I'm just looking at, number one, the, the person that posted that thing and that did it the day of as it was happening, that tells me they had pre-knowledge. And uh, because they were ready for it, they posted it, they have, a, they have an alias name, you know, to hide what they really do, they're a plant. They're, they're, well, I got a question. I got a question for you. Have, have, has this occurred to you, Bill? 
October 7th was the attack on Israel by Hamas. Mm-hmm. All right, now what is today? Today is the 1st of November. So it's been about three weeks. Um, how many, there have been demonstrations since October 7th. My question is, oh, where have all of these pro-Palestinian flags come from in these demonstrations? I'm talking about printed flags, thousands of them, all over not just the United States, but the world. Where have they come from? Well, there's a company making a lot of money printing those flags, or they were brought in. And I would go with the latter. They were brought in. I mean, I don't, I would like to believe if we've got a a country where, you know, we're going, ah, you know what? We're all for a profit here. Yeah, you know, they're going to blow the hell out of things and kill people and wipe out genocide, an entire, you know, race. So be it. Yeah, as long as we make money, who cares? Well, if we're that way, then we deserve everything we get. But I don't think we're there. Not yet, anyway. You know, they were brought in. I got to I got to wonder. I have friends, a lot of friends uh who I've worked with in broadcasting who are Jewish who mm-hmm. have um they've always had kind of left-leaning sympathies. They have mm-hmm. leaned democratic. That's just the way they have voted and have have thought. I wonder if they've given second thoughts now to how they've voted in the past considering how their party has moved. Their party is pro-Hamas. Their party is pro-Palestinian. Because they don't understand their heritage and their history. I know of somebody just like that in the media down south, and they're, a, you know, like a Bible-thumping lefty. You know, they go by the, the, the lefty Bible, and they haven't read it to understand what it really says, and they don't know what their history is. Look at Hollywood. And, Look at Hollywood. Hollywood's filled yeah. with with Jewish uh, uh, producers and directors. Oh, I know. And they, you know, and you see them. Oh, anti-Trump, pro-Biden. Well, look at what you 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 have helped bring this to our country. You know, we've talked about this. You and I have talked about this. This border, mm-hmm. and, and Steve Bannon is going to say this in a segment we're going to play in a little while. But it's so true. There's only one border in the whole wide world that we really should be concerned with in this. That's the one in this country. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't. We don't care about it. Biden is cutting holes in it, wants to take it down. Ever since he got in office, he wants to take it down. Very contradictory. You know, he's a crook. He's been a crook all his life. Absolutely. I I could say a lot of things. But even in his past rhetoric from years and years and years ago, and I say rhetoric because he lies about everything, so I don't know where he stands. But even he said back you know, early Joe Biden, you know, talked about the importance uh, of of having no border, border and yeah, no, and now he's got no border. You know, so this this guy is crazy. I I have a weird thing because you talked about Pal- Palestine, uh, Palestinian uh, political activist and terrorist uh, or terrorist uh, supporter Ahid uh, Tamimi, if I got the name right, called for the murder of settlers in the West Bank in an Instagram post. On Monday, according to Israeli media, we are waiting for you in all the West Bank cities from Hebron to Jenin. We will slaughter you. And we, as Hitler said, uh, as a joke once, uh, we will drink your blood and eat your skull. Are these the people that we want to help? Well, that's the one that uh, 
Biden sent $100 million to. Yeah, well, that should be, you know, you know, that that should be the final thing. Let me tell you something. Biden should be out of the office. Let me tell you something. Uh, This is this. This drove me. This this really nailed me today. Uh, Egypt's prime minister, Mustafa Madboli, uh, I hope I got that right. I probably stepped all over it, made a bold declaration that, quote, no Palestinian refugees will be accepted into Egypt. Accompanied by government officials and public figures, uh, Madbouli said, quote, we are prepared to sacrifice millions of lives to ensure that no one encroaches upon our territory. They are right next to Palestine. You know, they are next door neighbors and they don't want these people in their country because because let's say hypothetically they move two million into Egypt. Do you right. think that's going to solve the problem? That's just going to move the problem to Egypt. These people who are fighting right now, the the Israelis are fighting right now, are they, they just their their whole life is around taking down Israel. Their whole existence is taking down Israel. And, and they won't be satisfied till it's done. You know, if you look at Gaza, and I've never been there, obviously, but from people who have been there, they've said it's actually a beautiful piece of property that if they had spent the last 25 or 30 years of their life, if they had been enhancing it, it would have been an attractive place to visit, you know, a, a great vacationing spot. But they spent all of the money that they got from all of these different countries on building tunnels and on working on creating an environment where it, it literally was a country filled with with military people. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I found this amazing, though. If the Arabs won't take in the Arabs, then what the hell are we doing being, they're talking about bringing them here. They're talking about bringing them here, you know. How do you know they're not already doing it? Well, they probably are. You know, someone said, I think it was, uh, of all people, Oliver North. Hmm. He came up with a good idea. He said, look, we want to get those, um, we want to get those hostages free. Here's what we do. We say to Hamas, we will take one of our, our uh, what they call hospital ships, the, like mm-hmm. the one that came to New York during the pandemic. We'll float it off to uh, the Middle East near one of our carrier groups so it's protected. <clears throat> and we'll say to Hamas, we'll take all of your sick and wounded and moms who are getting ready to deliver babies and all of those people, and we will take them into our hospital ship and we will nurse them and protect them and get them better in return for the hostages. So we'll take hundreds, maybe thousands of your people, and we'll nurse them into health and protect them in return for the 500. By the way, that number keeps going up, you know. Now they're saying 500 American hostages. Yeah, well, number one, they'd want us to nurse everyone to health. Oh, don't worry, we won't hurt the hostages. And then when we were done... We'd get them all in body bags. They're they're not going. Well, it to, would have to be. It would have to be in exchange. For one. You know, 
You, you give us give us the hostages. We'll we'll take care of your. And you know, one thing about they know about Americans, Bill. If they say it to us, if we say it to, if we promise you publicly, we're going to take care of your wounded and sick. Well, we have to keep our promise because it's a promise made not just to you, but made in front of the world. And we're not going to. Mm-hmm. We, we are. We're mindful of that. Okay. Uh, with uh, the Hamas, promises mean nothing. So what you got to do is you got to get the hostages first, then we'll take care of your people. Uh, but, yeah, but you know, they're not going to go with that. You know, it's not about it's not about that to them. So Christopher Ray not- was speaking in front uh, of uh, the Senate yesterday, Bill, and uh, he All was right. talking about domestic terrorism. This is the head of the FBI. But as I said a few moments ago, on top of the homegrown violent extremists and domestic violent extremist threat, we also cannot and do not discount the possibility that Hamas or another foreign terrorist organization may exploit the current conflict to conduct attacks here on our own soil. We have kept our sights on Hamas and have multiple ongoing investigations into individuals affiliated with that foreign terrorist organization. Amazing. You know, this guy is not a lifelong FBI guy. He was actually, I think, appointed uh, on the suggestion of all people, Chris Christie. He was a recommendation from Chris Christie. Good guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, You know what I think about Chris, so we'll just leave it at that. But, you know, I don't know why he gets so much attention. He doesn't have the numbers out there to support the attention he gets. So kind of tells you a little bit about Christie and, you know, how he's connected to uh, this big puzzle. Yeah. Benjamin Netanyahu. He spoke mm-hmm. in English, and he uh, he had this to say. Listen. I want to make clear Israel's position regarding a ceasefire. Just as the United States would not agree to a ceasefire after the bombing of Pearl Harbor or after the terrorist attack of 9-11, Israel will not agree to a cessation of hostilities with Hamas after the horrific attacks of October 7th. Calls for a ceasefire are calls for Israel to surrender to Hamas to surrender to terrorism, to surrender to barbarism. That will not happen. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that there is a time for peace and a time for war. This is a time for war, a war for our common future. Today we draw a line between the forces of civilization and the forces of barbarism. It is a time for everyone to decide where they stand. Israel will stand against the forces of barbarism until victory. I just find it amazing that so many people in the world are going after Israel. It's like yeah. the in, in vogue thing, do you know? Yeah, but I think there's a major distraction getting ready to happen. I I can't put my finger on it, but there's that feeling that, you know, the next shoe is about to fall and probably a distraction away from the Israeli uh, plight of what's going on with that news. Uh, and I only say this because of what's going on, in, well, went on in Ohio, and apparently it's all across, you know, the the country where they're getting ready for, well, they, they were doing simulations for anthrax attacks. Remember anthrax? Yeah, yeah, yes, right. Well, now, yeah, Ohio did it, you know, the guys in the yeah. suits and everything like that, and, and they're doing it, and they're going, well, you know, with uh, what's going on in the Middle East, we can't, can't rule out an anthrax attack. 
Why would everyone collectively go, hey, you know what, we got to watch out for anthrax unless they're telegraphing to us that is the next shoe that's going to fall. Do they have intel or is it part of their plan to sit there? Because I'm not saying that we wouldn't do something to ourselves to sit there and cause a distraction. You know what I didn't hear yesterday when they were talking with this guy, Christopher Ray, about mm. how he's doubling down on uh, searching for Homeland Security terrorists? I mean, Homeland terrorists. I mean, it, it didn't sound like they were really busting their tails trying to lock up these terrorist cells. At least that's the impression I got from listening to this guy, Christopher Ray. It was like, yeah, we have terrorists, and they've uh, they probably have come across the border, uh, well, and it's really a bad thing. And that, you know, if you call the police and they came to your house after somebody had broken in and they came to your front door and they said, you know, yeah, it sounds like you've been broken into. If they didn't search the house to see whether he was still there, you'd, you'd go bananas. <laughs> hey, how about, how about searching the property while you're here? You know, yes. Check the closets, check the attic, exactly. check all the nooks and crannies. Yeah. They're not doing that with these, uh, at least that's the impression I got from listening to this guy, Christopher Ray. It was like, uh, yeah, they're there. Yeah, they probably gonna, they're probably going to have terrorist acts in the country. Yeah. Well, I got to ask you a question. Do we, do we know where they are? Can we catch them all? Now, I get it. You know, well, we gave them. Shh, don't tell them we gave them phones so we can track them. Yeah. They're, you think they're that stupid? Do you really think they're no. that stupid? Gone. You know, they, yeah. you know, we're sending in $2,500. Maybe that's a way to New track them. New SIM card will take care of that. That's true. Yeah, but, you know, we're sending them $2,500 a month as yeah. as uh, walking around money. Hey, you guys okay? Mm -hmm. You need a little cash? Here's 2500 bucks. I know I know the guy who worked for 40 years and got Social Security. He's only getting like $1,900 a month. He's only an American citizen. What's he? But we're going to give you $2,500 because you were smart enough to cross our border and get into our country without letting anybody know. Well, hmm. let me ask you this. I mean, you know, dead people vote. So when somebody dies, does their benefit get handed over to somebody illegal that comes across the border? You know, I have no idea, but I wouldn't put anything past anybody right well, now. Well, you know, the money's already out there. Let's go ahead and drain the system some more because they won't see this. You know, the, you know? The, 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 what Bill said is so true. I read the same story. I thought, my God, Ohio did a statewide now it wasn't yeah. just it wasn't just Cleveland. It wasn't just Columbus. It wasn't oh, Cincinnati. Statewide anthrax uh, test. Yeah, but down Ohio isn't the only one concerned with a possible attack. Federal agencies are on alert for a possible anthrax attack too. So they know. I I have a house on a water company system. I don't have a well. It's it's a system. It's a town system or a regional system. Right. And a couple of days ago, my next door neighbor texted me and said, "Is your water cloudy?" And oh, I that's looked. Nice. I looked and I said, "Well, I thought it was just me because I've had a new valve put in. I thought we disturbed some of the sediment, and that was causing the problem. But it wasn't. It it was in the whole area. And I thought, boy, they can attack our water supply like that, like like that. 
Mm-hmm. You know, um, have you seen the water reservoir up in New York? It's about 15 miles north of the city, and it's a huge lake. And right. it has these massive underwater pipes they built that literally takes it down into New York City. That's where they get their water from. But it's a the problem is it's a huge lake. And my yeah. question my question is, how can you protect that from sabotage? Because you know, you don't need much poison. To no, you don't. Now, there's a lake like that here where, you know, I can take a ride over the bridge and go up into the hills, and all of a sudden you see the dam and there's a big lake back there. There's nobody on the lake. You're not allowed to go in there, boat, fish, or anything, although people do go up to the shore and stuff. But I'm like going, you know, it's it's the water supply. It's where, where all our water comes from, for where I live. But, you know, I thought, wow, so I can walk up to the shore I could sit there and throw something in there um, that could, you know, damage the whole water system. Do they have, I mean, I would imagine. Filters or something? I would imagine the water goes from the lake into a, some kind of a treatment facility. Well, I'm be- sure it does. Be- yeah, before it goes into the pipes. Do they have in these treatment facilities? I know that they put chlorine to make it clean. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What's that word, chlorine? It's chlorinated? Yeah. Yeah. Trump got in trouble for saying put chlorine in your body. Remember that? Oh, I know. I know. i got to be careful. But, you know, the thing is, can they tell if you put every kind of poison in, in the water? I mean, and, and if they do find that the water is contaminated in the treatment plant, is there a massive shutoff system? Can they just immediately shut off the water supply? I know that sounds terrible, but there's got to be an alternate source of water for the city of, like, New York and Chicago. You just can't rely on one source for your water supply, can you? Well, I think so. Uh, Most people, you know, the, the logic tells you don't drink tamp water. You know, you should boil it. If you're going to do anything like coffee, um, you know, a lot of people sit there and go to the store and they buy big gallons of water. But you know what? Again, you're subject to the same thing. I managed a store one time and and we got in. We had our own water and everything that we brought in. Everybody was, oh, get the nice water and all that stuff. Well, I sat there and I said, oh, it's, it's good. You know, we talked about the filtering and everything. And then I found out it was the, the, the water plant. (laughs) <laughs> that the company bought yeah. was right next to a sewage waste treatment plant. I oh going, my god! <laughs> I said, I, I, you know, I couldn't, oh. I couldn't say, oh yeah, don't buy that, you know. But uh, yeah. and on the same behalf, I'm sitting there going, you never know, you never know where the water's coming from. So, you know, yeah, you, you don't know. You put the. I heard, I read about a guy who, who uh, he, all he did is buy bottles in plastic bottles. And he was using tap water to fill up the bottles and selling it at a premium. You know, fresh yeah. water from the and tap. By the way, yeah, by the way, you know, there is an expiration date on bottles of water. Uh, and the reason for that is, is that the bottle, the plastic, yes. does break down. And the bottle itself yeah. is more contaminated. It can, can hurt you more than some of the crap that's in the water. I know. You know? Everyone, everyone thinks, oh, I'm drinking bottled water. Oh, good for you. How long has it been sitting on your shelf? Oh, about a month and a half. 
<laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah, it's it's got a longer life than that. But, you know, it heats up, it cools down, it breaks down. And that gets that plastic breakdown has nowhere to go but into the water. You want to hear a, a scary thing? I just replaced my water heater. Big, yeah. A big water heater. I've had it. I had the original water heater for far longer than I should have. And it, and it still performed. And it, it heated the water. It didn't break. So they they empty all the water out of the old water tank and they disconnect it and they bring it out into my driveway into my back lawn right and mm-hmm. to, to get the the last bit out of the tank if I told you that it must have poured and this is the God's honest truth about three pounds of it looked like plastic sludge out of the bottom of the hot water heater mm. I thought to myself. I'm showering in that. I'm cleaning that myself in that. That explains it, Jim. That explains Why it. Why I'm plastic? I've often noticed, <laughs> no, I've often noticed when we do this thing, sometimes yes. a little arm behind your neck reaches out and scratches your forehead and then goes <laughs> yeah, back. That's just, you. Yeah, I'm a very <laughs> handy guy. <laughs> <laughs> Got that third hand yes. going back there that nobody. It's from, from the wonderful water that we're using. Like, But, you know, what? we don't know what the heck we're drinking or in Pittsburgh, where I live, they get their fresh water from the Monongahela River. Oh, yeah. Now, if you know Pittsburgh, friends, for literally for decades, for a couple of centuries, it was a steel capital, and the pollution from the mills was dumped into what? The, the, Mon. Monong- the Mon River, the Monongahela yeah. River. So, yeah, if you can't say Monongahela, you, yeah. you, you say Mon. What they're saying, though, is, well, look, that was a long time ago. We've cleaned up the river. It's really not polluted anymore. And now we t- and they take the water, by the way, that we're drinking. They, they brag about this. Well, we take the water not from the top of the river. We take it from the bottom of the river. But Mike, all the sediment goes. That's exactly, that's exactly what I was thinking. Wait a second. You brag about that? All of the pollutants and centuries of, of nonsense that have been dumped have gone to the bottom. You know? Yeah. They're, they're trying to make it sound like, well, you're not getting the gasoline and oil on the top. You know? You're getting the crap that's on the bottom of the river. <laughs> hey, crap is crap no matter how you look at it. So, yes. uh, yeah, it's – look – I don't think anybody, I, I, even where I grew up, they, they had an underground water system from the, the, the melt-off from the sequoias and everything. I grew up in the San Joaquin Valley, and there's caverns under the there. The San who? The San? Oh, yeah. Uh, San the San Joaquin, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, San Joaquin. As, <laughs> as an English teacher once told me in Louisiana, yes. oh, you know, that's San Joaquin. you got to know your language. I'm going, well, and, San Joaquin. And, and, and where were you born, Bill? I was born in the San Joaquin Valley, San Joaquin Valley. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, where, you know, with the history of Joaquin Marietta and the whole, I could tell you everything about that. But somehow in, in Louisiana, they knew better. Yeah, it's the they, San well, Joaquin. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, she was really mad at me about that, and she complained to the, the, the manager and to the corporate. And you know who won that debate? She did. She's a client. Right she did. <laughs> well, she wasn't a client, but you're damn right. She won it. And I'm like going, uh, am I pronouncing my name right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, did somebody uh, correct um, me on that? I got to play for you this cut, Bill. This is Steve Bannon from yesterday's show. Uh-huh. And, and he was talking about, he's he is almost uh, catatonic about 
about this border situation. He's so angry with what they've allowed to happen to our border. And he says things, by the way, Bill, that you and I have talked about on this program for weeks. Like what we just said a little while ago, not on this today's show, but a few, few shows back where the number one priority right now should be to close our border because we're at war against people who are trying to hurt us. And we've already got proof that some of these people have gotten into our country. As soon as a group, even one of them, got into our country, we should have closed mm-hmm. the border down completely to everybody. But Biden and his administration have ignored all of that and continue to let people pour in on a daily basis. And here's Steve Bannon, and he lets the world know how he feels. There was a brief pause, and people were like, oh, well, it didn't materialize. That video footage... Actually, I should point out that it's Steve Bannon talking with, uh, he has a guest in the beginning. I think his name is Todd right. Benzman. And, and the, Todd's talking uh, to Steve about some of the numbers that of, of people that are coming into the country. Listen. There was a brief right. pause, and people were like, oh, well, it didn't materialize. That video footage is the proof that it materialized. Uh, and so are the numbers, 600, uh, uh, 270,000, sorry, across uh, the border in September alone. Uh, that already is, we had 12,000 and 14,000 days during September. We're having that now. Uh, we're looking at uh, maybe a half a million a month, a half a million a month coming in if you count the gotaways and the ones that are airlifting in from other countries and the ones they're bringing over the bridges. Uh, that's 50,000, that's 70,000. We're looking at 350, 400,000 a month, 500,000 a month if you if you count even more gotaways. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. But I'm, I'm saying just 500,000 a month which is a slightly, that's, that's, that's like the midpoint or just above the midpoint of the 12 to 18,000 per day, which has been tracking. That is six, today to, to election day, next year, it's six, I want you to embrace this, America, six million additional illegal alien invaders. On top of the eight to 10, that's you're talking 14 to 16 million. That is now bigger than North Carolina. It's bigger than all these states. Make it with the top ten state, and within the top ten in the union, bigger than bigger than Michigan, bigger than Wisconsin. You know, you're getting up to Pennsylvania levels. Dude, dude this is it. I don't want to hear debate over Israel, fifteen billion dollars for Israel, and taking it from the IRS. I just don't. Not right now. That can all come if this does not stop. This nation's over. That's what they want. And if this nation's over, there's not going to be anybody to have the back of Israel. There's not going to be anybody to uh, make sure there is free navigation of the South China Sea in defense of of Taiwan. Not going to happen. And this is, they're taking your eye off the ball with everything they're trying to do in CNN around the clock. We're seeing, you know, Jake Tapper yesterday, he's all blubbering. Uh, one of the stories of the, uh, of the, um, of the, um, of the, the father with the hostages. Yes, it's a very sad story. But the father was down there on a kibbutz and was not armed. Hey, I hate to just point out some obvious facts here, and I don't see Jake Sullivan blubbering over any of the J6 people that are in prison. The mother just got put in for eight years. I don't see him crying over that. I don't see him seeing that with the big salt tears over that. 
I don't see Ashley uh, Babbitt, who served her country. Her body's dead in the ground. She's cold in the grave. I don't see him blubbering over that. And I certainly don't see him blubbering over the invasion of this country. I don't see any great saltiers from CNN or MSNBC because they want it. They want it. And this is going to be a test of wills. We're either going to stop this now. There's no more. It can't be any more knitted brows. I'm going to send you a serious letter. Benzman, these guys have to go to court every day. They're, they're taking donations to go to court to fight these demons who are lying to you. Criminal charges, criminal charges, long sentences in prison for Mallorcas and all of his grundoons, and we're going to get the receipts. We're going to get every email. We're going to go back to every conference you had, every meeting you had. This is just like the Nazis planning the Holocaust. You go back, you get the records. They kept the records. People got them so they couldn't lie and spend their way of it. Oh, I didn't know anything. I didn't know that. No, no, no. Same way with you. Same way. We'll get every record and we'll bring criminal charges against anyone that had anything to do with the invasion of our beloved country. And there should be no other topic that people in Congress, Johnson should move the House right now down to McAllen, Texas, and that's where they should meet until the borders close. Or maybe they can go the following week to Laredo and the next week to El Paso. And, hey, we'll even build them some, uh, some temporary a tent in, uh, in Lukeville, Arizona and in Yuma. And guess what? You can take a coat off. I don't see any coat-offs. I see you guys in August. You're in Paris, and you're over there in Ukraine. You're, you got knitted brows and thinking great thoughts, and, you know, over in NATO and Scandinavia and uh, Dubai, they, all these places. I didn't see any coat-offs down to the Darien Gap. I didn't see you there with Oscar Blue Ramirez being your guide because you don't give a damn what we do. And we got something to say about it. And we're going to have something to say about it. Not one freaking penny for Zelensky and these crooks and criminals in Ukraine and all the conservative media fanboys, and you know exactly who they are, that cheered that on and fought our fight and fought us tooth and nail about what we did in the House of Representatives to clean this mess up. I don't see you guys every day down there on the border. You care more about other nations' border than you care about these only one border in this world that makes any difference to American citizens right now. And it's not in Gaza, and it ain't in the eastern Russian-speaking province of, uh, of Ukraine. It is in the southern United States, from the Rio Grande Valley through New Mexico and Arizona, all the way to Imperial Beach, California. Full stop. That's Steve Bannon, and he talks about codals. I think that's uh, congressional trips. They take these junkets, these congressmen, and they'll go to Paris to discuss something, the climate or whatever, or they'll fly off to Rome to have an important meeting. And while they're there, of course, they'll party hardy and have a great time on the taxpayer's expense. He mm-hmm. says he said there should be none of this right now. How about taking a, a, a congressional trip to the border? He even made the suggestion, I thought it was a good idea, is take the whole Congress, the whole House of Representatives, and adjourn it to the border and, and set up a big tent and work there until the border problem is solved. On the border. Do something that's constructive. Fix it. Stop it. Well, that'll never happen. So that's that's just that's dreaming. They I mean, if you were if you went to a doctor with a, a bullet wound and he didn't fix it, didn't stop it, odds are you'd die. 
you know, you would die because he didn't intervene. Well, right now, honest to God, folks, nobody's intervening. And and I think it's the sad part of we're such a big country. Mm-hmm. We have so much. I mean, we're up in these different parts of the country and we just don't see it. It really doesn't affect us. Although I got to tell you, I see more and more non-English speaking people popping up in in malls and uh, in stores. Uh, they obviously are new to the country because they don't speak the language. You know. I'm getting where I'm confused as to what language I should speak. I mean, it used to be English, <laughs> but no. Then, well, okay, you know, maybe the second language, Spanish, is now the number one language, but that's not even the case anymore. I mean, and it's not that, you know, I'm paying attention, but, you know, you're standing in line, you know, at CVS to buy something, you know, because you're there picking up a prescription. Well, I may as well get this, and you're standing in line, and you hear something very, or someone very boisterous behind you, but it's a language you don't speak. The best thing to do is not move and just keep looking forward. Don't do what I did and look around, just go and then turn back around. Because then all of a sudden they do speak English. Uh, and uh, they will sit there and, and say very degrading, derogatory things about you. I know this because I glanced and boy, you, know, <laughs> you, made, that was, you made a mistake. You know, uh, yeah, I, I glanced. It's like you know, who's who's talking so loud? And and then I just turn and look, turn back around, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's, <laughs> you get a good look. It's like, well, you do speak. I didn't say anything, and, and I was like, going, you know, how did how did our Italian ancestors or our Greek ancestors or French ancestors? How did they possibly get along in this country when they came over here and none of the signage changed? None of the directions changed. None of the instructions changed. Everything stayed in English because they came to an English-speaking country. Now, now businesses bend over backwards with double signage, you know, in Spanish and in English. And my question is, well, what if I'm French? Why isn't there a French up there, too? Why shouldn't it be three different languages? Maybe we should have a in-store interpreter for each language. Pay him, you know? Uh, I don't speak English. Uh, okay, what do you speak? I speak French. Uh, come here, you know. Uh, you speak oh, German? Come and see yeah. here, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. But, uh, you know, you, you you do have to be safe anymore in this world, and that's that's sad. This, You know, as Joe would say, this is the United States of America, by God, but under Joe, who thinks he's God, you better watch your back because, you know, just being normal uh, is, is not safe anymore. I know. And, uh, I don't know how we're going to fix it. I mean, they, if if you have, he mentioned 500,000 people, but I did hear 600,000. So that figure is obviously between 500 and 600,000, depending upon who you're talking to coming across every month. Uh, how do you stop that? If you go into a house and, uh, you know, all of a sudden, it's an old house, and it might have been dirty, and you hear a little flutter of something at night, and you go, oh, well, there's a cockroach. Multiply that number by 10 or 100. And so if you've got – and I'm not comparing people to, you know, rodents or anything like that or in, in infestation. Insects, but boy, yeah. <laughs> but the simple fact is we don't know how many people we have let through the borders – and it's a deliberate 
And I don't think we care about the, the foundation or the, uh, the continuation of this country. Who are these people who are protesting for Palestine in the streets of New York, Chicago, Los Angeles? Who are these people? Uh, they are, most of them, military-age men who are raising hell. But, and they mingle, by the way, with students. So my question is, are they some of these uh, people who came across the border? Did, did we, Probably is, so. Is this, is this part of their first stage? Raise hell? Cause problems? Make sh- well, cause unrest? Here's my question. What is the end game? Where are they going with this? Do I even fit into this end game? Oh. Or do I just need to find out where I need to march right now so they can go and put me in the elimination tank? You know... I mean, I hate to say it, Bill. I think the end game is uh, the destruction of our country. But if it's the destruction of our country, what are we going to do with all the people that reside in this country? Because obviously, if they want to destroy the country, they don't need us. You know, Bannon said, and I didn't play that part, but I'll, I'll paraphrase what he said, and it's true. You know, the world comes to us to fix their problems when they have unrest. They come to us to fix the problem, like what's happening in the Middle East. We're backing up Israel, and we're trying to keep uh, Hamas pacified. Uh, Biden's trying to walk both sides of the street. You know what happens when you walk down in the middle of the street? Usually you get hit by a a bus coming from either direction. You'll get hit by something, okay? But that's what Mm -hmm. Biden believes. That's what he's doing right now. But if you have a country that that has been corrupted so much that— we're no longer the country we used to be, then you can't rely on us to to come to your aid because we won't believe the same things we used to believe. Honest to God, friends, when I was a kid, when I went to school, we were taught about the Constitution. We were taught about our history. We were taught about American beliefs and values. We were taught about uh, the brave soldiers who fought in all these different wars to keep our country safe and free. Well, that's not what they're going to be teaching in the future if you infest this country with all of these people who don't believe what we believe. You know, if you have mm-hmm. you end up having millions of people, Bannon said you got you got 15 million people in this country. That's more people than some states now. These are all strangers. We've we've allowed like that many people to come into this country. The population of some of our states, Montana, South Carolina, you know, he said we're even getting close to the population of Pennsylvania, which has two major cities, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Uh, We are uh, in dire straits. And Joe Biden, I want you to remember this, folks, when you think about voting for Joe Biden, he has done nothing, zero to stop this. Right now would be a good time to say, okay, we're in trouble internally with strangers who may be here for bad reasons. we got to stop the border. We've got to close it up as tight as a drum. It's over. Okay? But he hasn't said a darn word. Nothing. Zero. Anyway, I, mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it's frustrating, Bill. It's frustrating... For you and I, we sit here 
day in, day out, we talk about all these problems, and we hope, every day you and I hope that something good will happen, and it doesn't. Well, here's something to chew on. Mm -hmm. It's bad, little change, but, you know, would you say that uh, the coronavirus changed the world that we lived in? Oh, absolutely. And and our life today. Yeah. Yeah. Fauci run Montana. Montana. Did I say Montana lab? I think you said Montana, yes. Yes. Fauci run Montana lab conducted experiments with Wuhan coronavirus strain over a year before global outbreak. There's another guy who belongs in jail. People don't, (laughs) people, some people think of him even now like he's Saint uh, Fauci. Well, he's saying there's another virus coming. We just talked about the anthrax threat. Yep. And I was reading on in that saying, the thing that, well, it's the logical thing. You know, I'm getting tired of them saying, well, you know, our intel. Well, our intel is stupid. What you're doing is telling us what you're telegraphing us, what you're going to do, because it's all part of a plot. You, you know, Well, that's conspiracy. Well, then shut up and do your jobs and quit telling us what you're going to do and do what you're supposed to do or get the hell out of this country. But, no, they want to they want to eliminate. Well, in the meantime, they're going after MAGA people. They're arresting Catholics who believe in the Latin mass. They're doing all they're going after the wrong people. Every second, every bit of their energy should be looking for internal terrorists. Real terrorist. I mean, people who came across with uh, the idea of hurting us physically. Don't go after Americans who have a different point of view. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, well, it's, it's so common sense, Bill. It seems so common sense, but yet it's like these people. They're attacking everyone and anything MAGA. Look at Mike Lindell. Oh. You know, now this guy was a guy that had a terrible life, but he put himself back together. Uh, did rehab and everything, and built a a, a monster company, My Pillow. Yeah, you know. Now, is he the most articulate guy? No, but okay, he's not. He's not a dummy either. He wouldn't have done what he did if he was, but he did. But all of a sudden, to shut this guy up. I mean, you've got all these federal judges that are left leaning that smack him down every time. But he he was a fighter. He kept getting up and getting up, and he still is. Now they decided just to go ahead. You know what? We're going to start attacking his bank accounts. We're just going to take his money, which is what they're trying to do with Trump. With Trump, yeah. Angeron is sitting there going, "He's got, you know, he's going after Trump for fraud, but there was no proof for fraud. There is no victim in this thing, right? And and you know, they're reinterpret they're reinterpreting law and real estate law of how things work and the difference between regular banking and and you know what is you know, business banking and the the whole, di- there's a whole different set of rules and parameters. And if you don't know that, then you need to wake up to it. But this, this it, guy, you, you sent me a, an audio clip uh, for, uh, of Angeron. He was talking, I believe, in a class, oh, a classroom yeah. setting. And he's an idiot. The he guy, thinks he's God. The guy is amazing. He, he, he freely admits that, well, it may not be the letter of the law, but he's in a position where he can interpret it just about any way he thinks he, you know, he works. admits yeah. that he's biased in the damn statement. Yeah. That right there 
is evidence he should not be ruling in this case at all. And he even admits there really isn't a case, but, you know, he's a little bit biased. And, well, well, judge, you need to recuse yourself. But, you know, I saw another story today where they're going after Trump. Trump doesn't know it, but in his Newsweek interview, uh, he admitted that he was guilty. I was going, well, I got to see what they're saying about this. When he was talking, referring to the 2020 election, Trump said, he goes, yeah, the night of the election, I knew I won. Well, you know what? The night of the election and the, the, the few hours right after the night of the election in the wee hours of the morning, I knew he won too. And then I saw the numbers drastically just change in an instant when there weren't enough votes to make the kind of change there was. That's what he's referring to. That is, But see, they're saying, well, he, he's admitting that he knew that he had a plot to overthrow the government. Well, look at Kamala over the weekend. In an interview, she sat there and said, I know that I, that we will win. I guarantee it. Well, well that's an admission. Yeah. Angeron, this guy that you were talking about, he's the judge yeah. in New York who is uh, listening to the Trump case and who has literally refused to recuse himself. He has... Uh, listened to reasons why the case should be dismissed and just poo-pooed them. The Bill sent me this yesterday, and I listened to this, and I want you to hear it, folks. I, uh, this is him speaking. Kind of long. He's, well, it's, it's about a minute and 51 seconds, yeah. but it's worth listening to. Listen. Something controversial, even though I'm being taped. Juries get it wrong a lot. That's my own opinion. I do only civil trials, personal injury cases, contract disputes. But I've had situations where like, oh my, my heaven's sake, how could they have thought that? Well, I have, a, um, I have a tool that I can deal with that. It's called jury notwithstanding the verdict, judgment notwithstanding the verdict. I can say there is no possible way that a reasonable jury would have reached that conclusion. And all right, am I following the law or am I making law? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm following law, I'm, I'm an impartial referee, but it- Well, it kind of stops there, but, uh, and I apologize for the sudden stop, but actually, am I following the law or am I making the law? And he smiles. Well, I'm kind of following the law, but, you know, he, his answer was, how can an impartial jury come to this conclusion? How can a reasonable jury come to this conclusion? It gives him the ability to dismiss the jury's verdict and override it with his own verdict, even on a jury case. You know? Mm-hmm. He can go, well... So it doesn't matter. Right. And you know, you know what he's actually contemplating doing? Because, you know, he was slapping the fines and everyone does that. And this, I think, would be the biggest mistake that he could ever make. But then I could be wrong. Maybe the American people really are puppets and weak. He is actually now entertaining the idea of having Trump arrested, locked up, and thrown into yes. jail or prison. He said nobody's above nobody's above uh, uh, an order, a court order. He, yeah. you know, but he's uh, gone beyond it and said he he's he's actually considering it and. Well, he was considering the fines, which are not just and right, but he did it anyway. 
So get ready, folks. But folks, this is what we have not just in New York City with him, but we have this judge in, in D.C. 2.5 million bureaucrats that yeah. are left. We have the judge in D.C. who has, what's her name, Chilkin? We, she's she's yeah. a, a leftist, a big leftist. We have Obama appointee, yeah. We have the DA down in, in Georgia, a leftist. Every one of these people, this guy Bragg up in New York who's trying the case against Trump, he's, he's, they say he's a, a socialist. Forget being just a leftist. Uh, we have the judge down Wallace down in Colorado who they're waiting to hear a decision on whether his name should be on the ballot. You know what the, the answer is going to be. What happened with her? She contributed money to a Democratic organization. Yeah, she did. Yeah, that, that, that blue organization that is there to turn Colorado all blue. Yeah. All right. She's got an agenda. Now, that would be just like a, a, a right-leaning judge sitting there going, yeah, we're going to take California and turn it all red. Now, you know, as a, a conservative, I'd be going, yeah. But then as a realist, I'm going, well, that's not quite fair. You know, you Well, that lie. never happens. You know, they we get accused by the left of being that way, manipulating laws, working mm-hmm. working government to our favor, but yet it never happens that way. We are law-abiding people. That, that's the problem, by the way. You know, w- w- the left will burn cities down, no problem at all, because they, they just can't. The right, they peacefully protest, they get arrested. They don't burn things down. By the way, you'll never convince me that January 6th, the troublemakers weren't there you know, planted because I, I, I don't know whether you're aware of this or not, but the first, the first rioting at the Capitol happened about 45 minutes before Trump finished his speech. There was already glass being broken on the Capitol before Trump finished his speech. And they call mm-hmm. that, they call him an insurrectionist. Come on. Hey, look at Bill. Uh, I think we've done it again. Uh, I think we did the whole show, and boy, they go yeah. by. They go by fast when you're when you're having fun. Do um, you have anything you want to mention before we uh, close? Well, I was just going to mention this. Joe Biden reminisces about bouncing checks, going back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you bounced a few checks like I did, you know, when I was trying to get started. If uh, well, anyway, well, you know, let's <laughs> real quickly. Let's just mention. Well, you know, you were much more articulate, I think, than the uh, actual audio. Uh, it was recently yeah. revealed that Joe Biden purchased his luxury $2.75 million uh, Rehoboth Beach, uh, Delaware home with all cash. Which sure. Incidentally, came right after uh, Biden threatened the, his, uh, well, Hunter Biden threatened his Chinese business partner sure. uh, in a $5 million shakedown. Don't you have two and a half, fact, don't you have two and a half million dollars cash in the bank that you oh, can yeah, just. Yeah. Just yeah, toss it a house? Yeah, yeah, I sure do. But yeah, oh. apparently there's no record oh, of hey. any loan on that house. As a matter of fact, the only record there was a few weeks after they paid for it cash. All right, after they paid for it cash, they said, oh, we need about $250,000. So they took out a HELOC, and the government loves initials. And, you know, and that's basically, what is it, home equity a uh, line of credit, so they took out a HELOC on this house that they bought with all cash. Well, why didn't they just buy it all except for $250,000? Oh, wait a minute. 
That's right. It was dirty money that they were laundering. <laughs> but, hey, the guy made $150,000 a year. What are we complaining about? Yeah, well, yeah, well, you know, there's where it came from. Yes. He had he had a sock drawer. Of course a he did. He's been saving yeah. his pennies, you know. <laughs> anyway, I've been saving my pennies and I got 160 bucks worth of pennies. I have a lot I, I have a lot of socks. Anyway, um I have a number here. You can call us 833-538-7868. 833-538-7868. Mail at itsanotherday.com and then there's mail at jimandbill.com and jimandbill at mail.com and uh, Sarah, Sarah, KK, or whatever it is. I don't know. You okay, Sarah, Sarah? <laughs> yeah, whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Boy, isn't that prophetic, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that about sums up the show. We it have does. no idea where the future... <laughs> well, no, actually, I do know where the future is taking us. Where? It's hell, and we're inside the handbag right now. <laughs> anyway, I think we, uh, we, we should end it with the traditional uh, calming ending that we use every day. Oh, yes. yes. Are you yes, ready? The- the soothing yes. and settling work. Yes. Let me get my, mm, my me, 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 me. just right. Yeah, hasta la vista, baby. No. We're out of here! The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com, it has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>